All roads lead to the vein. Hey, what's up everyone? Brad Chmielewski here with episode 189 of Shadow the Vein. I've got Idmon Fish joining me once again. Um, we had him on briefly or right before Worlds happened. So we were talking about the run up there. We were talking about our picks, uh, just everything he's working on, uh, coaching, on the forms, PBE. Just, uh, man, he's got his hands in Vanglory all over the place. So I wanted to get his thoughts now that 5v5, uh, we've seen the alpha, we got the reveal at Worlds, people are playing it, we're getting little uh, tidbits on what's coming in uh, the 2.12 and the 3.0 update. So I wanted to get his thoughts and see uh, uh, what the response has been, what he's seen, how it's how it's happening, like just all that experience that maybe I haven't had because I haven't really played the alpha uh, that much, but he's been playing plenty of other games and he's been writing some great articles on broken myth that uh, the links are in the show notes so check those out they're giving you some insights some thoughts on 5v5 uh, just going into it starting basically we all are starting over relearning vanglory here once this update happens we know how the heroes work but we don't know what's going to happen on the rise um, so it should be a, a pretty exciting it's a lot to learn i'm i'm pumped for it i can't wait I know uh, everyone's kind of getting, uh, I guess, just upset or this meta is getting stale. So we're ready for something different. I know making videos and putting them up on the YouTube channel like every day, I'm going through the different heroes and I'm noticing people are just playing a lot more random stuff because now 3v3 doesn't matter. It's all about that 5v5. Everyone just seems like they're just um, goofing around a little more rather than uh, ranking. So the meta has even shifted even more. Um, in 3v3 right now so as 5v5 is going to be a big change uh, we got a little bit more info from playoff beard and z kent on the dev stream this past week uh, some thoughts on maybe some kashka changes that could be in the works lots of neat stuff they have to rebalance or think about the heroes how they affect 3v3 and 5v5 that's going to be a huge challenge for the balance team and the devs because it involves like reprogramming and working on stuff there but let's do it let's jump into 189 shatter the vein this is the 189 episode of shatter the vein my name is brad chamalewski and this is a podcast all about vainglory Every week, try to break down the news, gameplay, game tips, and hopefully we can all become better players together. And every week, bringing on people from the community, people that love this game, support it. And this week, I'm joined once again by Itamon Fish. Welcome. Hi. Did I, did I mess up the name again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I even went back and listened earlier. I was like, how did we say it? And I knew I'd mess it up. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's Idmon Fish. Idmon Fish. That's right. Idmon <laughs> Fish. Well, yeah, I listened back to the old episode and it didn't help, but uh, you, <laughs> you were on short or a little bit before Worlds happened. So we were talking leading up to that. Uh, but if people yeah. missed that, you want to give a little introduction on who you are? 
so I'm a soon-to-be ex-forum moderator. I'm a PBE member. I coach uh, Renegades who played in the 5v5 uh, show match. And I, don't know, I do other stuff as well in my spare, supposedly spare time. Okay, <laughs> nice. Uh, well, I know we had talked about getting you on shortly after Worlds to kind of get like a recap of what happened and maybe chat about 5v5. It's now been a few months for that, but I think it's still uh, a good time to talk about it because 5v5 hasn't launched and we're in this, uh, I guess, good lull of things, right? Yeah, it's sort of like the limbo. Before we before we get our hands ourselves on 5v5, where you can see other people, you can see people playing occasionally on the alpha, you can see you know, the dev stream was on 5v5, but you can't get your hands on it yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yes, we're waiting. Uh, okay, so then I guess to, I guess go back to Worlds. You, you were there. Um, what was what was your experience like? I I mean it was amazing. It was weird. Uh, I haven't been to a live event before, so it was kind of a, a new experience for me. I was amazed and impressed at how hyped the crowd was, mm -hmm. and and how big the crowd was as well. Like you you kind of can't get the impression of it from the streams, but that place was pumping. Um, and, you know, particularly on the finals day, you could hear it from wherever you were. You could hear the crowd roaring. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, but even on the very first day, like like with all the technical difficulties and stuff, I was just so impressed at how many people stayed and just kind of hung out and, and waited and, and, to be honest, played Vanglory because that was the other thing that was kind of amusing about it is whenever you looked around, all you could see was a sea of devices with people playing Vanglory right. <laughs> whilst they watched Vanglory. <laughs> yeah, that is a weird thing. I remember being at the event and it's like, oh, in between matches or even while matches are happening, if you people are just out there playing and it's like uh, are we here to watch that but i guess it's a mobile game so it adds that uh you can do that yeah you just slip it in on the side mm -hmm. but there was another sense where i was kind of in a way not at worlds in that i was there but because i was involved with the team and then because i was also involved with the the setup for 5v5 and prepping the other teams and so on. I spent quite a lot of the time in a small, fairly dank room where the 5v5 server was kept and where the 10 devices that could access that server oh, wow. okay. uh, were, were stored and guarded um, by either myself or Shinkaigen or Zekit. Um, <laughs> but basically one of us always had to be present because if one of those devices went missing, that was it, GG. No other devices could access Really? The 5v5 was... server that was there, yeah. That's crazy. So it, was, it, was, it was very interesting. <laughs> That's not, I feel like you got to at least have one backup in case someone, like, it drops suspect, out of someone's hand while they're walking. I, I, I suspect probably if worst had come to worst, uh, one of the devs' devices would probably have had access. The, the, diff, the problem was that the devices had to have been provisioned at the lair to be able to access it okay. because they were, were sideloading the, the app onto them. So unless your device was provisioned there, you couldn't access it. It just wasn't uh, possible. Okay. Uh, but I've also held the server in my hands, which <laughs> which is a weird <laughs> experience. I've actually sort of seen it in person. Um, I mean, admittedly, it was a tiny version of the server. It, I was told it could play maybe 10 matches simultaneously, and then it would fall over. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so it's just literally a dedicated server for 5v5. But um, still, it's kind of fascinating to see. Yeah, that's cool. So um, I guess how did that, um, how did it go, like, I guess, prepping for that and then, like, the reveal 
of that match? Well, it was a really interesting experience. Um, In part because it kind of, it showed how much gets sort of done on the fly or rejigged. So, so that, that event was initially supposed to be a one match. Uh, uh, it wasn't supposed to be a, a sort of series, uh, but they felt like after the first day where they'd had to juggle things around and, and, and TSM didn't get to play on the main stage, they felt like whichever team didn't get to play on the main stage, it was sort of unfair to leave them out completely. Right. Okay. So they want. So they wanted to to make it a bit bigger and so on. But then that meant there was a whole bunch of shuffling that had to be done. So you know, like we'd we'd worked on getting the comps for a single match sorted. Uh, then we had to expand that out to two matches, and so we had to kind of find a way of of making that interesting and a bit exciting and different, but still using mostly the same heroes because only a sort of subset of heroes had been checked and 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 bug tested extensively on the, oh, really? on the new map. Yeah. So, so there was a whole bunch of kind of limitations, but you still had to kind of come up with a fair set of kind of, because we couldn't just say, okay, draft or something like that. Right. So you know, have a draft mechanic. Plus also, you know, the teams are all new to this. They don't know which errors are strong or not. Um, and you don't want it to be a kind of complete stomp. That would, that would not look fun. That wouldn't have been interesting to watch. Um, so, you know, I kind of sat down and, and, and then sat down with Sugenis and, and went, okay, well, how about these comps? And, you know, was messaging Nivmit and he was saying, oh, well, how about this? And, and, you know, we kind of worked together to try and make something which was going to be fun to watch. Right, okay. Uh, which, uh, I mean, you know, obviously I'm biased, but I enjoyed those matches immensely. Right. And I guess they had to be fun or, like, they had to be interesting enough where people weren't like, well, why didn't they pick this hero that doesn't even like yeah. they should have picked that <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and i mean the obvious heroes that weren't used were the invisible heroes mm-hmm. um and that was because that stage the vision system wasn't really complete so uh, it was always going to be challenging to get them to work well okay. um but i still thought there was an interesting variety uh and some different kinds of ideas of, of how comps might work um, so, you know, kind of dive, more divey comps versus more sort of stand back and poke uh, style comps. Mm-hmm. Uh, hearing people's reaction that were, I guess, at the event, seeing that for the first time, what what was that initial uh, thought there? <laughs> I, I mean, again, you know, the, the sound of the crowd with the reveals and so on uh, was amazing. The I, I think, you know, sometimes I think the what the crowd reacted to wasn't necessarily what what CMAC thought they would react to, you know, so they put a lot of emphasis on the fog of war. And I thought that that didn't come across. Like people didn't really, I, I think you have to be somebody who knows how hard it was to actually achieve that right? Yeah. before you actually appreciate how crazy it is. And um, have, and have played to work and have played other MOBAs that have a fog mm, of war. Cause exactly. If Vanglory right? has been your only game, you're like, Oh, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, and now having having played it with the Fog of War, yeah, it makes a huge difference. It's actually pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've never really... My kind of assumption's always been that everybody could see everybody. And, of course, that isn't the case, but that's how it kind of feels normally on, on you know, when you're playing. But yeah. once you can actually see what vision you've got... And I did have to admit, I loved the casting where they could switch between uh, the vision different teams had. That was really neat. It's a yeah. way of kind of getting you to visualize, okay, they just can't see what's coming. Uh, they're going to get smacked, but they have no idea. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always fun watching league or anything like that where they're like, oh, yeah, look at this team hiding here. Uh, here comes the other team. They have no idea that they're hiding <laughs> in this bush and go. <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool. Uh, was the, I guess, then the reaction of those games getting played, was everyone at the event kind of just like, was there lots of questions then for the devs like that were kind of off camera or that we didn't see like just people were like wanted to know more and see more? I mean, certainly there was some of that and people who could pigeonhole devs were definitely talking to them about it. Uh, but I think also, you know, in a way that was our kind of first taste and it was, it was quite satisfying. <laughs> you got to see quite a lot going on. You got some explanation uh, about the different things that, that are happening on the map. Um, I thought the casters did a really good job of bringing some of that out and making it really, really clear um, what mm. was going on. Um, so yeah, it was kind of it was it was quite fun to watch. It was, I mean, I was watching it from the sides, so I was kind of behind. You know, if you think of those big screens that are at the side of the stage, I'm basically standing behind one of those screens, okay. um, watching the players and, and watching the map. Um, and yeah, it was it was definitely a very interesting experience. Um, but the prepping was also very, very interesting uh, because what we had was a bunch of players who hadn't had much experience at all uh, with the 5v5 map. I, right. I've had, I'd, I'd had you know, maybe six weeks or so of, of playing it in PBE. Uh, Renegades players had had access. Some of them had had access for maybe up to a month, but mm-hmm. none of them had played None of them had had time to play very much because it was timed perfectly with exams. Right. Uh, I mean, FlashX and a couple of others had had access via the PBE for longer, but obviously they were prepping for Worlds, so it's not like they were playing 5v5 very much. Yeah, you can't, like, uh, you don't want to mess time. with your... You're already having no. to play on a different <laughs> exactly. patch you know, you, you turn up, you check and... it out, you give a bit of feedback, fine, but you're not exactly intensively playing it. So, you know, all of those teams were pretty unprepared. You know, they, they kind of found out relatively close that that's what was happening that's what they were doing uh and they went for it and it was it was very interesting to both watch them evolve you know so watching the scrims between renegades and, and them and and, fight, and between each other was really interesting because because initially those scrims were just stomps you know first couple of games complete stomps but it was also really interesting to see how fast they learned like you could just see the different level that pro players are actually on in terms of how quickly they would pick up and and you know, pick up strategies, pick up uh, tactics, yeah. and then use them. Yeah, because the only knowledge you have going into it is if you've played another 5v5 mode, of a, or then you take your Vainglory ideas like, okay, I know these heroes can do this and this, so do these tactics work? And yeah, so you, it takes testing and experimentation on there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, and, you know, as a kind of personal thing that I love, was my favorite moment of of watching the scrims was when I was in the room with Froximado and they were playing against Renegades and they got an ace and they all said, nice <laughs> I was like, yes, thank you. That's my day mate. I'm done here. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so then how did, uh, I guess, how's 5v5 been going moving forward? Have you played any of the updates and seen these changes like get put in there? Like, is it, does it feel like miles ahead of what everyone saw in the alpha and 
you know, on the stage. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, I can't speak to details, but I, right. but I'm in the PB, and yeah, everything's progressing. You know, obviously, it's always, it's always two steps forward, one step backwards. They try different things. They work <laughs> sometimes. They don't work other times. You know, but but overall, I mean, you know, I've. I mean, I guess put it this way. I'm somebody who used to be sunlight level 50 every patch, uh, every, you know, uh, every season. Uh, and since we've been testing 5v5 and so on, I'm sunlight level 10 oh, on my okay. main that, that right much, now. <laughs> that much testing, that much 5v5. Okay. Yeah, uh, and it's just, it's a very different experience. But in in a lot of ways... I've discovered there was stuff I never knew I missed about Vanglory that now makes it that the free v free is still fun, mm -hmm. but it feels easy comparatively <laughs> in a way that it didn't used to feel easy. It used to feel really, really challenging. But now I'm just kind of going, oh, yeah, well, it's just one lane. I don't have to worry about backdoors. I don't have to think about, you know, how the minion waves are being managed. I don't have to worry about whether they're taking Black Claw. I don't. You know, there's there's all of the stuff that that isn't there, right? Um, so yeah, no, but it, it, it's great. I'm looking forward to people getting a hand their hands actually on it properly when uh, with the golden tickets, mm -hmm. and then I'm even looking forward even more to the public getting their hands on it in three Yeah, I know uh, they I, they had showed off the I guess free roaming camera a little bit on mm -hmm. the last dev stream. Mm -hmm. Has that been something? Uh, you take advantage of or use or is it still Person, maybe personally no I, I i mean i can see why it's useful i still find the interface for it just a little awkward i i think it probably works best if you come from an environment where that's what you standardly use so if you come from a kind of uh, a a pc moba uh background you'll probably think that that's amazing and it's really useful because it's it's a way you think about it but for me i'm so used to using the minimap to pan that i don't really need the ability to kind of move the the view like that. Okay. So I might use it occasionally if I'm trying to line up an alt or something like that. It, it sometimes feels a little less awkward, but I, most part of the time I haven't really used it. Okay, because yeah, I feel like that's going. That's either going. People are going to like gravitate towards it as like this is great, and other people are going to be like, nah, I'm just I'm good with the the old way. Yeah, and, and you know, like the, I like that they're putting in options. Mm -hmm. like that so you know I, I like the idea that you get to play the way you feel like playing and it's up to you to take advantage of that or not but it's up to you you know it's not just dictated by the design sure okay um so how's uh do you feel like 5v5 is going to um i'll say like do what scmc wants to do like uh just pull in the audience get people excited again i know there's just people are ready for it because there's just a mix yeah. of uh just reviews and thoughts and opinions in the community that people are just, uh, you know, have lost faith and just are ready for this. So I'm sure now that you've played it, do you feel like it's, uh, it's going to be this big milestone for them? I mean, I think it is going to be a huge milestone. I think it is, it, it is fundamentally a better game. Um, it's, it's more fun. It's more intense. Uh, it's, you know, <laughs> there's some, been some crazy clutch moments, uh, you know, al already we've seen wonderful backdoors and some amazing kind of last second takes and stuff like that. Uh, and some crazy combinations where you get, you know, chains of CC happening, um, which you just can't see on the, on the 3v3 map because you don't have enough players, yeah. uh, for it to happen. So, so I think that's going to be great. 
I think there's going to be stuff that's challenging about it. I think that solo queue will be quite hard, especially <laughs> at first, but just because nobody will really know what they're doing. And everybody, especially kind of high tier players, they have very firm ideas about what should be done. And they get quite annoyed when people don't do that. So right. I think there's going to be a, a kind of, you know, to, to quote the classic nine, a need to assume positive intent um, if you want to have a fun time in solo queue. Um, so I think that will be a challenge. I don't know whether it will achieve the kinds of numbers that that some people have talked about. You know, so I don't I don't know if Vanglory will be at the same kind of user base level as Mobile Legends or AOV can yeah. achieve. Uh, and, and that's in part because while people have said they don't like Vanglory because it's only a free v free and that's not as deep, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, I don't really think that's what they actually think. So I, I think that Mobile Legends and AOV are designed around being a really fun, quite simple in its own way, casual, experience yeah where lots of the design decisions and the joystick is a classic example of this minimize the impact of skill on the outcome of the game in a way that means that if you haven't put that much effort into it it's still quite fun to play yeah whereas vanglory in contrast is not very compromising about stuff you know their their tendency is to go for let's make this so that skill knowledge uh, you know, judgment has as much impact as possible rather yeah. than as little impact as possible. So, you know, I, I think that certainly people will try Vanglory. Some will love it. Uh, I, I think that it is going to be, without a doubt, the best sort of competitive MOBA on mobile. And I oh, think yeah. it will get recognized as that. And I think it will dominate esports in that sense. Uh, but I don't know whether it will command the same kind of player base. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, think, know, I, I feel like you're right about the fun factor of those other games. Um, that's mm. something maybe we I've not talked about enough or mentioned it from other or I hear from other people because the game is set up to look like League of Legends and function just like it. Vanglory may be pulling ideas from it now, but they're trying to like make it their own. But mm. when you have a game that's like set up, the map is the exact same. It functions oh. the same for the most part. And then you have fun heroes like you have Batman and Wonder Woman in yes, the game. Yeah, That's made for <laughs> you to have fun with the game. It's not meant to be like, yeah, that competitive advantage of Batman in here. Because yes. that's just going to confuse, I guess, uh, an audience that's watching. If the game ever got big enough, they're like, wait, why is Batman in this game? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, so I mean, to kind of give the classic analogy, I, I kind of think that in many ways, Vanglory has positioned itself to be the Dota of mobile gaming. It's more complex. It's prettier. I mean, I think that's fair to say as well. I mean, it, it is just gorgeous. I mean, uh -huh. my, you know, my other favorite moment was being able to sit down with the spec client while people were playing and go and look at all the details that you can't see from inside the map normally <laughs> and and the level of detail off the edge of the map is insane like it's it's amazing um what you you know if you just scroll around to those edges where you where you're never going to see as a player yeah. um, because you, never, <laughs> you can't get over the edge um, but you know there's layers and layers of buildings down there there's ornate you know temples and and it's amazing how much work has been put into 
just the stuff that you can almost see in the background uh, when you're playing, and, and stuff like you know that that river uh, and the the waterfall. Oh, yeah. oh, that's you know I could sit there for a whole game and just watch that. <laughs> going, what are you guys doing? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Let me get back to this. Um, and the feeling when the dragon swoops in for the first time, you know, like my, my favorite PvE experiences with it is that every time a new person joins, you'd have this moment in the game where the dragon comes onto the fold for the first, uh, onto the rise for the first time. Yeah. And they're just like, what the heck was that? Because <laughs> it sort of swoops in and over the lane and down to where it goes. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I, haven't, um, I haven't had much experience with it. I haven't really had a chance to jump into that alpha and play much of it yet. Yeah. Very cool. Do you think, uh, I guess, is Super Evil Megacorp ready for this? We're seeing a lot of stuff uh, with the community managers and things like that, like with Italy and Germany, people like uh, leaving, and uh, we're going to talk about the forums here in a minute, but do you think sure. they as a, like, a staff are ready for, I guess, just the thoughts behind 5v5? Because keeping up with 3v3 and the brawl mode seems like a task that they are having trouble handling sometimes <laughs> and i think there's going to be a challenge uh i think particularly you know if there's a huge influx of new players that's obviously going to be a challenge for the servers obviously they will have invested somewhat in that but but you know that's always been hard to to manage that's been one of the reasons why you get server problems when you get new updates is you get a lot of old players coming back to check it out and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think they're, I mean, I, I guess in terms of the community, what they've been doing, and in, in a way this is sensible, is they've been trying to consolidate a lot of stuff. So they're, rather than having lots of people involved in quite small communities, they're trying to bring those communities together. Okay. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I mean, I know the RCM changes haven't been well received by those communities, <laughs> but that certainly that that seems to me what's behind it is they're trying to say, look, let's not have a German community and an Italian community, let's have a Vanglory community. Okay. Right? Let's let's try and bring that together. And I can I can see I can see that impulse. You know, I can see where that comes from and why that makes sense. Yeah, I'm just I know five v five ads, like you said new challenges, new thoughts to the solo queue experience and people uh, complaining about what's happening or just requests. And I just have a feeling that's going to increase a lot. So hopefully yeah. they are prepared for that. Like their knowledge of the game, uh, most of the people who now work there started with this 3v3 side. And, you know, uh, they sometimes don't get to play as much because they are focused on building the company. So now their knowledge of the game is completely gone and they have to relearn what's yeah. happening a little bit. <laughs> but at the same time, so do all the rest of us, you yeah. know, this is, this is the thing. Like yeah. I've, I've got, you know, I have the series of articles that I'm publishing on broken myth at the moment on, on five V five, but you know, that's, that's just based on my time playing in the PBA. You know, okay. We've, we've probably done over a thousand matches, probably more, but that's still a tiny drop in the bucket. Yeah. Compared to, you know, what people will learn and, and we will find new stuff, we'll find new strategies, we'll find ways to break it. I'm quite <laughs> sure about that. I'm definite that the community will find ways to make it deeply unfun for a little bit. Because um, <laughs> that's, you know, it's what people do. They find strategies that are optimal, they find ways of doing things that nobody expected. And then they abuse them because, you know, <laughs> what are you gonna do with that? But uh, but, you know, I also know that the balance team is pretty solid. They are willing to respond 
uh, to stuff and to do it fast if they have to, if they need to, uh, and that they're very committed to a fair, balanced, fun game. You know, so I, I have great faith in CMIC in that regard in terms of, of making sure that they're on top of that. There might be patches which are unfun. I get that. Um, I haven't wildly enjoyed the current patch uh, because, you know, there are heroes that are a bit out of whack. And <laughs> I think, you know, at other times, those probably would have been hotfixed or pulled back. But it's a it's a development time where they're absolutely utterly laser-focused on getting, you know, into our hands a version of 5v5, which is darn fun to play. Right. Yeah. So I can see I can see why it hasn't been hotfix. Varia in particular is <coughs> crazy. Yeah. So um, well, if anyone <laughs> if anyone even gets to play her, I guess if you're playing ranked, well, above yeah, that's that's, that's hotness. Right. You don't even get to see her. So no, no she doesn't <laughs> exist. She's not in the game. <laughs> right. Which is kind of so. Once uh, <laughs> I guess two point twelve comes here, or even three point three, it's like you're having a new hero with Varia getting added to the game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, um, and I think there will be challenges going forward. I know that it's quite hard to balance three v three and five v five with the same balances. Like that's there's a lot of mental gymnastics that's required there to to keep it on par and and to keep it so that you know you don't make a you know so so take Glaive for example, right? Glaive isn't that strong in three v three, right? He's he's okay. He's pretty good if you go with the sort of spell sword uh, build. He can be really quite nasty, yeah. but he's not—he's not a top pick, right? In five v five, he's immense because he is a perfect split pushing hero. Yeah. Um, because he can—he can get away from almost any situation. Uh, he can get through pretty much every wall with impunity. Uh, he does high, he has area of effect damage, so he clears waves quickly, he does pretty good objective damage, plus he gives you some wonderful CC and, and great peel uh, for engages as well. So he's got, he doesn't have that many kind of drawbacks. Uh, so he's a hero that you wouldn't pick that much in 3v3, but I think we'll see him all over the place in 5v5, and, yeah. you know, and he'll be tweaked to adjust for that. But it'll be really hard to keep him viable in 3v3 and not too powerful in 5v5. Yeah, and there's that, a number of heroes that I think that's the challenge for. Yeah, that's going to um, be interesting moving forward on how much uh, thought is put into 5v5 versus 3v3. And at some point, I, it depends on, I guess, the player base, but I just see 3v3 just being like, yeah, have fun with that. We can't, we can't balance for that too. I think either that or you find ways of adjusting for both so you could for example make some abilities depend on the number of people they're affecting yeah you know so think about lyra lyra is another example of a hero who's pretty good in 3v3 uh but it's potentially very very strong in 5v5 because you suddenly have more people to heal you have more people whose abilities you interrupt and so on um but there's ways you could change that. You could you could make the heal dependent on the number of people who are being healed. You could uh, cap the number of people who are slowed or affected by your barrier. There's all sorts of ways you could do it where the balance would technically be the same between the two modes. Yeah, because like... But, uh, but would have differential impacts. Because I yeah. think on the dev stream, uh, Playoff Beard mentioned something about uh, Kashka. 
her uh, ability is going she's going to get some sort of shield or barrier based on how many people she hits when she does her mm. twirly death so you know 5v5 that's great 3v3 it uh, you don't get as much from it yeah yeah exactly and so so there's ways of kind of trying to do it but of course the problem with doing all of those is they're the kinds of changes that don't just require so, so you know the balance team can kind of tweak the numbers that's yeah. fine that's easy to do but when you're talking about changes to kits it requires programmers to sit down and do it it requires a whole bunch of testing to make sure it didn't break something uh and so on so it's it's a sort of slower process and, and much harder uh to get done but you know i'm sure they'll get there and they'll work their way through. And I'm quite sure that, you know, once 2.12 hits and they start to get some solid actual data on, on what win rates are like and what play rates are like and so on, that stuff will get tweaked accordingly and it'll take a while, but we'll we'll get back to what has been the standard Vanglory experience for, you know, over a year and a half now, which is a fairly ridiculously well-balanced game for the most part. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's true. that's true yeah for the most until varia came out it was it was feeling pretty good <laughs> mm. awesome uh that's that's great hearing about 5v5 and i guess the evolution here um the i guess the last bit of like news or topic kind of talked about briefly here and i guess this falls under form static too i'm gonna have to come up with a new name for this category now but forum static Forms are closing. Um, and this yeah. Was, this was announced shortly before us recording this, so um, it's good we delayed this a little bit and we're able to record, uh, I guess, later on Monday or early Tuesday yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously as a forum moderator, I'm pretty sad about it. Yeah. Uh, it's, be, it's been a place that's been home to me and home to uh, at least a, you know, a number of people through the years uh, as the kind of first port of call for all things Vanglory. Um, it's not, I mean, SMC is not the only company that's done this. I mean, actually Riot did this last year. They closed their official forums. Uh, so it's not, it's not completely unheard of to do. And, and I can kind of see the impulse. A lot of the audience had shifted away from forums. So mm -hmm. a lot of people are using Discord. I mean, the Discord communities are, are huge. Uh, I mean, scary huge. I mean, the last time I saw numbers on the Vanglory Discord, I believe I saw at one point there was 86,000 simultaneous users. Oh, wow. okay. um, you know, that's just nuts. <laughs> uh, so it was always a smaller community than that. Um, but Riot, Riot does still have their like boards where they aren't necessarily forms like we've known yeah, for a long time. They're yeah, a little they, different, but they still exist where people can post and comment. They're sure. more used for announcements, not just general like hey i have discussion a, i have a thought yeah. on this so yeah <laughs> yeah um so and there are still long-form places that exist i mean i guess from from my perspective I, one of the things that i guess guess is toughest is that there aren't that many kind of places where you get long-form discussion of vanglory right. you get you get you know blog posts and broken myth and, and things like that where you get wonderful articles that are written with you know great analysis and so on and so forth but there isn't that many places where you get discussion where it's backwards and forwards and you get people you know kind of dialoguing about it other than these kinds of these kind of verbal uh versions of it there isn't really a written format of that the closest we come is reddit um yeah. and I, I 
I quite enjoy Vanglory Reddit, but it does have its own kind of vibe and culture. It, it does. I, I don't know if to me, Reddit feels more ephemeral. It, it feels like it, it, you know, once stuff has been there, it, once it's off the front page, it's gone forever. Right. In a way that, in a way that the Vanglory forums didn't because the search was quite, you know, well baked in and it, it but, you know, again, maybe that's just because I'm used to using it. Mm-hmm. Maybe other people go back to Reddit posts that are two years old and go, oh, yeah, this thing, and so on. Uh, my, I guess I'm, I, I'm not upset that the forums are going. I think they're a great place and a well-valued location yeah. for people to talk about it. But I, I didn't – I went there to read stuff or just see what the general thought is. But I think for the global community, it was a great place because Reddit is not a place – everyone goes to it's a very english focused discussion uh mostly a lot of north american people just because you know that's kind of where it started but i felt yeah. like the community on the forums people were from all over the place and they were they were okay commenting and saying stuff there versus reddit yeah yeah I, and you know like you're right the user base is i mean i think if anything the dominant user base on the forums is probably sea yeah um so started, it's, yeah. It's, it's sea <laughs> then it's then it's na and then there's a smattering of well there's there's all the the foreign language forums so it's hard to know how many foreign language uh users there are because <laughs> you know i don't see their po- i don't yeah, see their posts exactly. and i can't read them um, <laughs> but they're definitely they're definitely there um you know, and we had we did have a policy where if you could get two hundred speakers of a language together and agree that one of them would moderate it, then you could set up a, a forum in that language oh, wow. as part of the as part of the sub forums. And there's there's plenty of sub forums. So yeah. Um, so I think you're right, it's a different base. I think again it's part of this kind of notion of consolidation and trying to bring mm-hmm. people together rather than having them in separate places. Um, which I you know, I, I can see why you'd want to do that. It is, you know, they, they sort of talk a bit about technical problems that they've had with the forums and old technology and so on, and they are right. The forums, you know, have been uh, temperamental, I think, is probably the right way to put it in terms of yep. the, the technology. They uh, certainly have not been easy in various <laughs> different ways. Uh well, but I old, do still feel old tech, you know, I guess that's the old tech. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, look, I, I'm, I, I'm a guy who likes long form writing and, and, and serious engagement in it. And so obviously it was a, it was an environment that suits me really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I did, you know, it, it also speaking from a moderator's perspective is also an awful lot of work. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are posting crap to <laughs> post crap, you know, and that's, that's, that's what they do. That's how they enjoy themselves. But you know, <laughs> it's still a lot of work. Uh, it is. It is probably the right time to close it if you were going to do it, because now Absolutely. once the three v three or once three comes out with five v five, all content on the Reddit or on the forums is kind of worthless to some degree. Like it's a uh, bit obsolete. It's yeah. not. It's not completely, but it certainly does lose some of its value. Yeah, because you're, um, you're not going to search for glaive builds or how to play glaive or what to do here, and you know it's it's not going to give you what you want anymore. Sure. And I think sure. any any I guess content creator on 
Twitch or YouTube are going to face that same problem now. Where absolutely, yeah, everybody's everybody's going to be rushing to updates, and <laughs> and you you know you're already seeing it, right? This this with the alpha access, you're seeing people creating guides and and various things uh, that are five v five focused, and of course you know they'll they'll have first mover advantage, but they'll also probably be wrong. <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> so you know, I mean, that was the kind of interesting process of writing these because because these, these articles that I'm doing on Broken Myth, they're basically the briefings that I gave to Renegades, but I also gave to TSM and and to, to Roxamata. Although, I mean, that was that was difficult in terms of briefing because you know their English isn't very good. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, they had they had somebody who was translating, but of course they also had had. Um, two members from DNG who are Japanese so they were translating to two different languages so okay. so you know it was it was challenging but that but they're basically you know what I'd kind of coalesced as having thought about from what I'd seen of other people playing in the PBE from what I'd kind of worked out fairy crafting but I'm also pretty sure a lot of it's wrong yeah uh, okay. and it, you know it won't turn out to be the right way of doing things um but, but no that's it's a part good, of the fun yeah, it's a good base to start with too. At least uh, going into five v five, not knowing anything. I think knowing a little bit and having some thoughts or opinions from your articles are going to help a lot of people. Yeah, the the other reason I did it uh, purely selfishly is that I play an awful lot of solo queue, and um, a lot of solo queue behavior is almost etiquette, right? So <laughs> so we, we've we've got various things that we have as beliefs, like. The lane is farm is sacrosanct and should not be touched. You know, the jungler gets to take all the jungle. All, all these kinds of things, they're, they're practices that we've built up. And if you violate those practices, it's impolite and, and people get triggered and annoyed and, and so on. <laughs> and we don't have those practices for 5v5. And I think that will be a source of salt. So what I'm partially trying to do is just say, here's these practices. Let's have these. Let's let's you know let's let's try and keep this as a kind of mindset. Uh, let's let's think about this is who gets to take this. This is who gets to take that. Mm-hmm. Because that way, even if it's wrong, <laughs> at least it's a starting point. Common language we can kind of build on and work from. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think actually some of that stuff we're going to have to lose. So uh, the one thing I told my team again and again in prepping them for 5v5 is it's not your lane it's not your farm it's the team's lane it's the team's farm whoever's there clears it okay it doesn't they don't they don't have to hold it that they can if they think that's what's strategically sensible to do at this point but most of the time it's more useful to push it out and go somewhere else and put pressure somewhere else yeah and likewise you know likewise the jungle yeah Mm. some of it's the jungle it's fine but not all of it the heel camps on the side as far as i'm concerned they're the laners because they need them for sustain, and they need them for levels. And if you if your laner doesn't take those side camps, the jungler does. Your laner will end up behind in levels. Mm-hmm. They'll end up behind in sustain. They'll end up behind in farm, and they'll lose the lane. If they lose the lane, then you know you're lost. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, yes, it's a bit harsh on the jungler. It certainly <laughs> does. You know, it certainly does feel a bit different. As you know, you're used to thinking the jungle is mine. It's all mine. You can't touch it. Um, but no, no, that's probably not the right way to think about that here. Yeah. Because, I mean, the other thing is, in a way, I mean, obviously farm matters and it, it makes a difference, but in a way it's a lot less scarce. Right, yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot more to eat all over the board. In fact, that's you know, true. the problem is, problem is often you can't eat it all efficiently. Like, the, you know, you can, you can do a whole clearing of the jungle and you'll probably still be, you know, quite far off being able to get back to where those camps have respawned. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
So, yeah, and, let it go. And I think a lot of that stuff coming over from other MOBAs where people are like, oh, the mid laner does this or the ADC farms for a while. Mm. I don't think Vanglory is going to be like that because we are the game set up to fight and move and roam around the map to take these objectives and end it. It's not a let's farm and wait for this to happen necessarily. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, ambient gold makes a really big difference as well because it makes a huge difference to what, what efficient patterns look like. You know, a lot of other a lot of other MOBAs you, you farm by yourself, yeah. right? That's the that's the setup, and it's all about avoiding other players, and you're basically your own little bubble. <laughs> you, know, you get all the stuff you can for yourself, and then you go and wreck face. Exactly. Um, and, you know, you can do that. Um, it works, but it's more efficient if you're doing it as a team, and if two of you are taking those those big ticket items because you you know like you think about the gold shell it's it's uh, the gold toad i think it's going to be called or whatever it's uh it's 200 gold if you take it by yourself if you have an ally nearby it's 370 gold because the ally gets 170 gold yeah well you know that's that's a huge thing to throw away on saying oh no i'll just take this by myself (laughs) it's true man so much so much to learn so much to think about now going into this (laughs) yeah it's it's gonna be fun Well, uh, this was this is great hearing your uh, thoughts, opinions on this. Are all the articles up on Broken Myth yet, or are they slowly uh, nope. going two, up? Two more to come. So, okay. so the, the the last bonus one that just came out was on the early game. Okay. Uh, the next is going to be on the mid game, and it actually is my favorite article. Uh, it's it focuses on what people from Dota would call rat strategies. So ways of using positioning and limited knowledge uh, of your opponents to your advantage. Split pushing, backdooring, ambushes, those kinds of things, which is what I think it's the tactical element that 5v5 opens up. That that That's what was missing as far as I'm concerned. Okay. <laughs> you saw it. You know, it, it does happen in in 3v3 but it's it's often only late game it's often quite limited in, in impact whereas you can have games of 5v5 where it's all about working your you know your opponent has the better comp um they they could take you in a fight but you don't let them make, make you have a fight mm-hmm. um you just you know work them nice and then the last one i assume is the late game right yeah exactly and <laughs> okay. then it's all about it's all about team fighting because one of the things i think is quite nice about the design of the map and so on is that you get this you get this phase once the first once the first turrets are down you get this kind of phase where split pushing and, and those kinds of strategies work really well because you've got you've got this limited information that the opponents have okay. but once the next set of turrets get down once you're getting to that kind of final final part of the game split pushing becomes quite risky because it involves you you know a single person extending very very far into the enemy uh, area in a fairly predictable fashion. So they can kind of react and shut you down, uh, and so on. So you, uh, you can you can get an advantage by it, but it's really hard to finish out the game doing it. You tend to have to win fights to to actually kind of take the game, which I quite like because it's quite unsatisfying when you're playing against people who are really good at split pushing when they just split push you to death and you never actually get to fight them because every time you try and engage, they slip away. So it's quite nice that you kind of need to actually have at least a couple of significant engagements to really try and close out the game. Okay. Nice. Oh man, I'm I'm excited. We got uh I think we're what are we two weeks, a week and a half from the update two point twelve getting released and then uh Yeah, and then a couple more weeks for the uh 
for three dollars. Yeah. Whew. So I think I think everyone's excited. Everyone's uh like you said, done with this meta, done with this patch. We're currently on, so <laughs> ready for any anything different is something at this point. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> just chanting 5v5, 5v5. <laughs> uh, so I'll make sure I put the links to the current Broken Myth post into the uh, show notes here in the description, but where can people find you? I guess reach out if they have any uh, questions on 5v5 or even Worlds. Uh, yeah. Twitter, Reddit, Discord, wherever I tend to pop up. Okay. Um, always under, always under Edmonfish or I Demonfish or <laughs> however you want to pronounce it. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks again, everyone. I'll be back with uh, episode 190 here next week. Hopefully, uh, we'll have all the info on 112 at that point, and we'll be uh, ready to play it. So, thanks for listening. And take care. Let's get this over with.